day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 81 of Shop Talk. It's Jennifer. And Carrie. And we're back after a brief break to recap 517 of the Rookie and 117 of the Rookie Feds. The Elijah and Abriel storylines were finally resolved during the Rookie Rookie Feds crossover event last week. Um, and these two episodes definitely kept us on the edge of our seats with high stakes moments. Um, and I mean, they did wrap up the storylines pretty nicely. I also feel like they kind of opened up a few new ones that'll probably carry us into the rest of the season. So yeah, yeah we'll go ahead and talk about those. Um, we do have episode descriptions for the rookie feds. Um, do you want to take us through the first, like that one for 118? Uh, yeah. So uh, the episode description for 118 is called Seeing Red. Uh, after a group of robbers steal a diplomatic pouch, Naomi and the feds work to prevent an international counterfeit scandal. While Garza reconnects with an old friend, Brendan's sponsor relapses and he rethinks his relationship with Antoinette. So that'll be the episode that's that we have the promo for that's airing the 21st of March. Okay. And yeah. there's still no episode description for the rookie on no. three. Although we, I mean, we finally got the promo, which yeah. is the true crime. This is the third one. I I, I think. think so. I was gonna say 3.0 or 4.0, yeah, but like more importantly, Sava and Jake are back. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we kind of already knew that though, because like Eric is like yeah. the spoiler king, and it was like. Yeah. Let me just go. I mean, I can't blame him though, because like, how else are you supposed to? You like go home and you like look like right. this, of course. Like, yeah, Rosalind's gonna say something, you know, like you go to your. I don't know. I didn't think that it was gonna be, I mean, unless he said it and I just forgot, I didn't think that it was gonna be Lucy too. Like, I thought it'll probably no, just be I him. So but, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, of course, Melissa's kind of taken a social media break recently, I so I don't know if like. Yeah. Maybe she'll put, you know, like for that episode, maybe she'll post. I yeah. don't know. Some like behind the scenes, like, like after it airs. Yeah. I'm Brendan's... still waiting for their like selfie. I know. <laughs> like, I, I just... a hilarious selfie in their costumes. Yes, please. I don't even care if it's Sava and Jake or Dim and Juicy. I don't care. I I mean, I don't think that they're bringing back Dim and Juicy, but like they've had, they have to have had taken a screenshot of it yeah. or not a screenshot, a picture of it when it happened. But yeah, but like going back to the Fed's description, Brendan's sponsor relapses and he rethinks his relationship with Antoinette. That just has to be like he rethinks it because he's like, oh well, if the sponsor relapsed, to like I could too, and maybe I shouldn't have the relationship, right? I, I mean, I feel like we've had this a similar thing where he's like rethinking yeah. the relationship. It's kind yeah. of like on the rocks. Yeah, and then it's like. Now yeah or like he messes up and then he but then you know yeah. they make up and they're fine and i'm like yeah damn why can't they just be happy yeah i know <laughs> like shoot because um, he's just so sunshiny yeah. he is yeah i don't oh, i don't know because like i haven't like there's only one other show that i've ever seen that like has that has dealt with like alcoholism relapsing and like mm-hmm. sponsors and things and yeah. it's like but never have i heard of a sponsor relapsing i mean i know that there are people that have went through the program right like previously and so that's why they can you know yeah sponsor other people but just i don't know it'll be i'm interested to just see like what happens with that and like if he's able to 
like keep focused at work still and like yeah yeah there'll be a lot going on in his personal life i was gonna say do we think that his dad comes back but i don't see why his dad would come back i mean i guess he could come back to cause trouble so yeah well because like i didn't expect to see him in the in the feds like documentary episode Mm -hmm. for that like little blip um of a scene that he was in and so who knows maybe yeah maybe we could see tom arnold tom arnold's name in the guest credits again i don't know and then garza reconnecting with an old friend is that code name for candace his ex-wife i don't know because that's the only person we've met like we know he has two other ex-wives but we haven't met them so but i don't know if i would call her an old friend i guess these episode descriptions can be very vague or like misleading so it could be his ex-wife who knows yeah i don't know i would really love to see one of his sisters mainly maybe elena's mom because we've heard about his sisters so (laughs) it'd be fun to see that's not necessarily an old friend but you know i would love to see it so yeah um, and then ABC's press site released some stats for the rookie and the rookie feds on February 27th. Um, and it looks, they said that the rookies midseason premiere stood as the series strongest telecast in adults 18 to 49 in nearly three years since May of 2020. While the rookie feds midseason returned marked the series most watched multi-platform telecast with 8.4 million viewers since September, since its September debut. In addition, it had its highest rated multi-platform telecast among adults 18 to 49 since October. So that's exciting. Yeah, we're doing good. Yeah. Like, I yeah. The rookie mid-season premiere, I know that the mid-season finale, like the winter finale had Chunford in it. Yeah. But what was the mid-season premiere? I'm like totally The mid-season blanking. premiere was the, um, like their first date. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. their attempt at a first date and then their redo that's right yeah okay yeah all right Um, yeah yeah but i mean that was also kind of the episode where it was like the like their mid-season premiere was like toted as like the you know crossover episode yeah yeah yeah. so it was kind of like you got a little bit of it um so it makes sense why both of the mid-season returns are kind of the most watched yeah Mm because they did do a lot of like promotion with that with the crossover so yeah We've been getting a lot of quote unquote crossovers this season, which yeah. is nice to see, but mm-hmm. yeah, I have thoughts. So, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then we just have one last piece of news. Do you want to take us through it? Uh, yeah. It's not really news, but I mean, just as always, because we love their podcast. Yeah. You guys should go listen to Eric and Rosalind's latest episode because they just, their previews are just like just the perfect sound bite to yeah. like encapsulate their whole entire like their dynamic right just as podcast co-hosts and then like yeah. as the, you know husband and wife duo yeah so they're yeah. just they're just hilarious so they really are i love them there are there are podcasts that like you know how there's somewhere like you really have to like sit there and listen to that and like you can't do anything else during it yeah there are podcasts where i'm like okay i can have this on yeah like in my headphones and still be doing like work or you know doing stuff around the house and like mm-hmm. it's nice to have that I mean yeah. I still like pay attention like deeply to it but mm-hmm. yeah it's nice yeah. to be able to like have something where it's like okay I can like 
do other things kind of like multitask with this one too Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. um and so we'll just get started with the rookie 517 so this one was titled the enemy within um it was it was a good episode i felt like it just kind of teed up for the rookie feds which Mm -hmm. was fine um and i liked how they started the first two storylines and ended them pretty much before they like really finished the elijah one you Mm -hmm. know like the nolan and selena stuff i mean they did kind of like finish it up at the end but it was more so like three quarters of the way done and then they kind of finished it up at the end so Mm -hmm. yeah um but we'll start off with elijah abril monica and the team just because that's the biggest storyline um and so monica like walks into the courthouse she sees chris which I wasn't really expecting him to be there. I don't know why. I forgot. I forgot that people were saying that because people were yeah. theorizing, you know, that like he was going to be the, like, I don't know. People were just thinking like, oh, this is where Chris finds out about Chenford. I'm like, yeah, like, like why? Yeah. <laughs> but it still didn't, I still didn't really understand why he was there. It like didn't really make a lot of sense to me. <laughs> Not that yeah. I mind, but I was just confused. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't watch this episode live with everyone else. And so I knew nothing going into it, like, because I was not on Twitter or anything. So I was like, when Chris showed up, I'm like, why? Why is he here? And then I thought, well, he's maybe taking Wesley's spot in the DA on the case because Wesley can't be a part of it. But then Wesley was there, too. So I was like, I don't know. This is kind of just, I don't know. It seems like Chris was just like a filler, but... Yeah, so she's basically telling him that, like, she almost feels bad about beating them in court again. And she's like, but I really don't. And so she's gloating, asking him about, like, the most impressive part of her defense. Um, And they're talking about Judge Rivas. And Monica's like, well, there was no evidence that he died of anything other than a heart attack. And so we kind of go over to the station. Tim's there with the rest of the LAPD. Grace briefing the team, getting everyone, like, up to speed on the team up between Elijah's organization and Abril's. And Gray's like, yeah, it's had real world effects on our streets. And there was an incident at a cookhouse in Vernon, um, leaving seven people dead on the inside. And like a 10 year old across the street, like caught a stray bullet. And so Gray's like, we need to start making their cost of doing business untenable. Like, you know, we know that Elijah's orchestrating a large buy and Gray wants, you know, them to contact their CIs. So like we go back over to Monica, who's like walking through the courthouse, courthouse parking garage and she like goes to get into her car she sees a man like walking up to her um so she like goes to turn around i'm assuming to like run away and she sprayed in the eyes with pepper spray so they like put a bag over her head and we see that she's like out in the woods quote unquote and she's like meeting with elijah who has a gun in his hand so i mean that's cool and he's just like if you can't convince me why I should let you live, like I'm going to feed you into the wood chipper and his guys like fired the thing up and it's just, it's horrible. And so Monica's like, well, I'm the reason that you're free, but you know, Elijah stops her by saying like that the FBI has all of the documents related to his business because of her. And she's like, it's your legitimate business. Like, you know, nothing's off the books or anything there. So Elijah's just like, you know, how can I trust you again? And so she reminds him that, like, she could have called her friendly prosecutor to get a deal, like, you know, to get a deal to get her out. But she dug in and got, like, got to got to work on the case or whatever. And, you know, the facts, like, you know, she ended up getting the DA's evidence thrown out. And that's because 
of her weapon, which is the law. And so Elijah's like, you know, there are more morally flexible lawyers in LA. And Monica's like, yeah, but none of them hate the LA the LAPD and DA as much as I do right now. And so she's just like, you know, you're gonna want to tap into my desire for vengeance and that same desire that you have for Lopez and Wesley. I have that same desire too so like he cuts off the zip ties of her you know asks what she has in mind she's like you know i just want to like just use me to get inside um and it'll cost you some money and some players but like it'll be worth it and so like she's like okay well what's the first step and monica's just like you just have to hit me so we we don't see the actual hit happen like thank god because that's not that's triggering um, and so Monica just like walks into the DA's office, crashes Chris and Wesley's meeting, which like such a boss move right there. But I mean, <laughs> it's not like they were in court for it. So she like totally plays with Wesley, has him in her grip or whatever. And she's just like telling him that he was right. She was way, way in over her head. Um, and that Elisha just made her beg for his beg for her life. And so Monica's talking to Gray, Chris, and Nyla, and Chris is just like, yeah, you know, we've got Elijah on the kidnapping and half a dozen other charges, but Monica's like, I'm not testifying, like, even if he's convicted, he'll still have me killed from prison. Um, And again, she's totally playing into what they want to hear. And so Nyla's just like, what good are you then? Um, And she's just like, well, I know about his plans, like, he's expanding. And the team's like, well, we already know about Brill, so, like, what else do you have? And Monica's like, I can give you intel on things that, you know, you don't know about, um, but it has to be intel that they could have gotten some other way. And so she's like, you know, I want to walk away with full immunity and Elisha believing that I'm still loyal. And so Chris is like, the DA's office would love to see her prove it. Um, And Monica's like, he has money problems. Like, not that he doesn't have money. He's actually got too much of it. Um, And so it's millions of cash that he's been stockpiling. And she mentions that he's been looking for someone to launder it. Um, And so she knows where and when they're going to meet with the money launderer later that day. And Nyla's like, if it's a trap, like you're done. And Monica just insists that the intel is good. Um, And so before Monica leaves, she reiterates that this needs to stay between them. And Gray's like, yeah, your cooperation will be guarded. And Nyla, Nyla doesn't believe it. Gray's like, well, you know, I don't totally believe that she's good for this, but like he's got moves that he's trying to make. So let's just see it play out. And so Wesley like walks in, he heard her offer. He shares that Monica's only loyal to herself. And like, all he knows for sure is that Elijah scared her. And when she's scared, she gets angry. So Gray's like, yeah, we'll need Metro if they you know if we play this out and so cue a call to tim which tim is going through his own thing at this moment (laughs) in the episode which is hilarious but we'll get to that um later and so gray tells him that you know he needs to go over to the da's office while metro like starts on an op in the afternoon and tim's just like sure but right now i can't um and you know he's like i'll send two officers and go when i can so Monica's sitting in the lobby of the DA's office. She's like having these flashbacks, which reminded me of Lucy's flashbacks to 211. And I was like, I can't do this. Um, but she's having these flashbacks and her phone dings. And then like Wesley walks in and Wesley's like, are you texting Elijah? Um, and Monica flips it and she's like, he's actually texting me. And she's like, if I go dark, like he'll get suspicious. So she like types out a text. She shows Wesley and he's like, okay, whatever. Um, and so, you know, she asks him if, like, they believe that she's there to fully take down Elijah. And Wesley's just like, no, 
And I don't really either, but maybe. And so he's like, you know, if there's anything that I've learned about you, it's not that you're a victim. If Elijah really did terrorize you, um, you know, I don't like imagine that you'd roll over and take it. And so Angela walks by and acknowledges Wesley, of course, um, just give Monica like a look. And before he leaves, he looks over to Monica and he's like, I guess they do believe you. And he's kind of like got like a smug grin on his face. And I was like, Wesley, I love this side of you. Um, so Gray's commanding the room with officers, the team, Monica. And, you know, he's like, we're all a part of a small group that knows that she's cooperating. So like, if this gets out, we'll know who to look at. And Gray tells them that according to Monica, Elijah's been looking for new partners to help him launder his money, which is a check cashing place. Um, and so according to Monica, Elijah's done his due diligence and he's like ready to finalize the deal. We'll be there with at least 2 million and uh, with, you know, be armed and have backup. And Monica's like, there's going to be at least two guys there for the backup and they'll, they carry handguns with automatic weapons in the spare tire compartment. So Gray then like hands out this ops plan with an overview of how the day will go. And everyone's like phone numbers listed. Monica then like, this woman has balls she like holds her hand out for the ops plan and nyla just looks at her scoffs and just like walks by like i'm not giving you that which also boss move so monica's phone rings she claims that it's not elijah but like a meeting that you know she has to get to to keep up appearances and she's she acts like she's texting back um but really she's like taking pictures of the list of phone numbers and Nyla walks by her. Nyla had to have seen her take the actual picture, right? She had to have. I don't know. But like she walks by her, tells her to keep the phone close. They'll like be reaching out. And so Nyla and Angela are like surveilling this cash exchange place or cash checking place. Um, and Nyla just asks if Angela believes this Monica reinvention. And Angela's like, I'd flip, like if someone was holding a gun to my head. And Nyla's just like, you'd be the one that would put them in the wood chipper. Like you would flip it here. And I just loved this little moment in them. I love, I loved all the Nyla and Angela moments in this episode, but like this one was pretty good. Um, and so Elijah's SUV pulls up. They have to get like a positive ID on Elijah. And they can't be sure that he's inside, but they do have intel that something's going on. So they're moving in. Um, and so they arrest, They end up arresting the guys who are making the sale and ask where Elijah is. The men claim that they don't know. Um, and Angela like looks through the bag, finds two, two and a half million dollars in there. And the men just insist that possessing money isn't a crime, but Nyla finds an armed weapon under his clothes. And she's like, well, no concealed carry permit is a crime, but you probably have one of those, don't you? And as Nyla goes to escort him out, he tells Angela to worry about herself. And Nyla's like, you did not just threaten my partner. Like, they are partners and they are badass partners at that. So so then we see Monica, like, on this random sidewalk. And she's, like, having more flashbacks and then, like, jumps on an SUV kind of pulls up. And so Elijah, I love, I love how when he meets people like he doesn't even look over to them when they're told to like get in the van he's just like get in Mm -hmm. like i don't know this dude is very badass but like also kind of creepy but yeah um and so then like he mentions that the lapd raided the place got wyatt and the two million and that her meeting with him better be worth it and so she just reminds him of like what she said you know that they would know if it was a setup 
if they didn't sacrifice an important piece. And so, like, she threatens keeping all the police phone numbers to herself. Like, she could, or she could put her and Elijah on a group thread. And Elijah, like, goes to reach for the phone, but Monica pulls it away, like, saying that she got what she asked for, what he asked for. Now it's time for her to get what she asked for. And so, like, he claims that she's safe for now. And she sends him the police phone numbers, um, which... I don't know. I wonder, like, if she even thought that it was a fake. But she didn't, right? Because at the end, she was, like, she was kind of amazed that it was a fake. Yeah. No, but, like, she totally bought it. Because she wouldn't have taken, she wouldn't have even bothered yeah. to waste her energy, in my opinion, taking photos. Yeah. If it wasn't worth it. But, like, during this episode watch, I was like, okay, at least during the first one, I was like, is she playing elisha or is she playing the lapd or is she playing both of them because at this point like she knows you know whatever she gets from elijah she's going to tell the lapd but then she's also going to like steer elijah in a different direction to kind of evade the police like i don't know during the first watch i was like what is her end game here so um so yeah so you know, he claims that she's safe for now. She sends him the police phone numbers. He says that it'll make the meeting that they're having even more secure. They'll track the phone numbers and make sure that they're nowhere near the meeting. So Monica, like, reminds him that the meeting right that a meeting right now is not good, like, with the LAPD being all over him. And so she recommends postponing a week, but Elijah's just like, if I reschedule, like, a Brill's gonna wonder why. And so Monica then gets a call from the cops and Harper's like, I can't wait to hear the story that you're about to tell about why Elijah wasn't there. And Monica's just like, I don't know why he wasn't like, you know, he doesn't really tell me these things, but he was pissed that they took Y off the board and confiscated a couple million. And so Monica tells her that, you know, if she can't use the bus to build a case against Elijah, maybe the LAPD should have reconsidered her qualifications as a detective. And Nyla reiterates that, like, they need the intel that will lead them directly to Elijah. And if they don't get that, like, her immunity goes out the window. So, um, and Grace states that, like, he, that they knew she was playing them. But, like, it couldn't just be about getting the ops plan. Like, they, like they thought, like, there has to be more to it. So Nyla shares that the Wyatt thing was a good step. But Grace, like, he already lawyered up. So nothing else will come from him. Like, we have to wait for Elijah's next move. So we see Monica in an elevator at the station and Gray and Nyla walk in and the question, they question why the urgency and Monica's like, I just found out about a meet at the Van Nuys uh, airfield and Elijah didn't say who he was meeting with, but my gu- but her guess is, is it someone connected to a bro? And so she's like, you know, she gives them the time and she, she says that the, she'll text the pharmacy uh, phone with any more information that she finds out so gray's like i buy the meeting but not the location and so he's gonna call garza and see if anyone on the federal level level knows anything about brill's movements and so gray and tim are then briefing everyone on the meet details we see the officers go into the airfield um but you know we find out that elijah's team is tracking them uh at least the ones who are using the burner phones and so we know that the real target is Elijah's associate, Daylin, um, which they said Elijah's, but like really it's a Brill's uh, yeah, associate. Because they're dating. <laughs> yeah. So the feds like tracked her entering the country two hours ago. They've got eyes on her, all of that. Um, and so they're like, she'll lead us to the exact meet location. Like we don't really have to worry about that. And so 
Elijah gets a call that Dalen has landed and they're one minute out for the meet. And so Monica like texts Nyla about the location switch and the meeting that's happening now, um, which is not a problem because Nyla, Angela, Aaron, and Gray are all there already. Um, and so Elijah and a real meet, the LAPD has eyes on everything. Um, and he's giving her $8 million for 500 pounds of premium cut, um, plus 2 million as a fee to wash the money for him. So Gray like radios Tim asking if they're ready to move. Tim's like, yeah, but our radios just went down. So it's going to be a minute. And Gray's, Gray, Nyla, and Angela, like they all can't wait. And so they move out with Aaron. Aaron, Gray tells Metro like just to move in when they can. So a shootout ends up starting. Abril and her guys start driving away. A couple of Elijah's guys are down. And Angela and Nyla are like on the hunt to find Elijah. So Nyla's like walking along just you know trying to sail her um but elijah ends up coming up from behind her and taking her down choking her out in a headlock he goes to like shoot her and then angela takes a shot at him and she he like claims that she missed him but she shot his arm um and so she tells him to get down on the ground or she's gonna shoot him um so like he starts to read off the headline that will show up you know police officer or detective angela lopez killed you know her like longtime enemy or whatever and so he brings up what she said when she was sitting in his kitchen and she puts in the gun holster like puts the gun in the holster getting ready to fight and he tells her that he's gonna punch her in that baby as many times as he can and at that point i was like this is not gonna end well like it's not the whole entire time i was just like as soon as like nyla went to the ground i was like i don't understand (laughs) i was like why why nyla why and i was like okay then we're gonna have angela and i was like oh my god this is not gonna be good like, yeah the whole entire time i like didn't tweet anything i didn't yeah. do it it was just like jaw dropped like the entire time i was, it like, was no. like okay where's where's nyla like yeah. someone literally anyone aaron great yeah. literally anyone and yeah. so he like charges for her and then nyla comes up from behind him or like he goes to charge for her. nyla comes up from behind him grabs a hold of him so angela can just like beat the crap out of him because angela's yeah. already got in a punch yeah and elijah's like that's gonna be the only one that you can get like yeah well yeah. it was like it was so dark that's why i hate when they like do scenes at night i mean yeah. i like it i get it but like i couldn't tell when nyla got up or if it was just like yeah. a shadow from like elijah like stumbling backwards or whatever when angela did yeah. get the first punch in, and then i so i like rewound it when i was doing my second watch and i was like oh i see yeah sort of yeah <laughs> who i assumed to be nyla i was like you know what this is like an interesting fight scene like we've had some good fight scenes on the rookie before and i was yeah. like this is one of them i feel like like not even that it was interesting but like i felt angela's frustration there and her anger and then even nyla just like holding him back so angela can just like beat him up like i felt it um and so they get him down on the ground and nyla's like here you cuff him like you deserve it and so once she cuffs him elijah's just like well once you find out what i did like you're gonna wish that you killed me um which ominous and don't like that and so she's like she stops because at this point his phone's fallen out and it's like started dinging because he's been getting texts or whatever and she's like what did you do um and so she goes to like check the text and it says on our way 
And she's like, on our way for what? And so we cut over to Wesley and the security guard, which I've forgotten her name, um, at the Volpez house. Yeah. What was that? Charlie. Charlie, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Charlie and Wesley at the Wopez house, which, okay. <laughs> at this point I was like, oh, this isn't going to be good because we had seen the promo. So I was like, well, let's see what happens here. Um, so someone like knocks on the door, flashes a police badge, you know. Um, oh, is that what it was? I couldn't tell what in the world they were like supposed to be disguised as. Yeah. He had flashed a police badge, but he wasn't like in uniform or anything. So he was probably more of, like a detective. And so she opens the door um, and is taken out. Bullets like fly through the house. Wesley like, you know, dives to the ground. And like another whole like fight scene enthuse- like plays out. And so Wesley like pushes him over the couch or whatever. And Charlie like holds her own. But, you know, he ends up sending her through the glass door. And this part was probably one of my favorite things because Wesley was just like, hey, like I did something. And he, like, throws, I don't know, I think it was, like, a glass vase or something at him. Or not, like, at him, but the wall, like, behind him to, like, get his attention. And when the hitman, like, looks back over to him, Wesley's like, oh, gotta go. Yeah. And then he, like, runs to the bathroom to, like, shut the door while, you know, the hitman, like, obviously gets in there. Mm -hmm. And Wesley just, like, pulls the towel rack, like, off the wall. Like, it's no big deal. Oh, that's what it was. See, I didn't, um, I don't know what I thought. (laughs) Even when I watched the little, like, fight scene, like, behind the scenes, like, how they choreographed it versus how it was on screen, I still didn't, like, really quite understand what in the world he, like, got off. There was a lot going on. But he, (laughs) it was just the way that he, like, pulled it off. Like, it was so seamless. It was, like, like, it was already loose or something. So he, like, you know, run, like, he pulls Tom Rack off the wall, knocks him into the other, avoiding all the knife stab attempts. And Charlie just yells down to Wesley and takes a shot at the fake top. Um, and Wesley's just like in shock at all, at what all just happened. Um, so we kind of end on that. And then Gray like walks up to Chenford um, and they're talking about other things, but like Gray's like, yeah, we, you know, the feds have everything they got off Elijah's phone and with any luck, like we'll be able to pinpoint her main location, a girl's main location. And Grace, like with Elijah in jail, like, you know, his dealers will be climbing for a spot. And so we go over to Nyla. She walks into Monica's hospital room, telling her that she's like free to go uncuffs her from the bed. Um, and she's like, you know, it was a smart move to text us at the last minute. So we couldn't say that you weren't co- cooperating and monica tells her that you know she warned him as soon as she could and nyla's like that's exactly what a smart lawyer would say um and so monica just asks about the leaked ops report and nyla's like yeah i wrote a report um and i intend to keep it on my computer for up to five years but if your name ever crosses my desk like you know you'll be charged with the slew slew of crimes so between now and 60 months from now you know monica belongs to nyla um and i also thought that was badass i was like you go girl like it was so good just because i know like sometimes makia has to like change her voice like mm-hmm. tone to like fit the- it was just so good i was like oh so i got chills like she was badass. yeah so good um and so nyla also just tells her about the plan of the ops report so they never really trust monica and monica 
it's just like, yeah, this whole experience has been a turning point for me. And I'm thinking about turning over a new leaf. And I was just like, I'll believe it when I see it, which, so I didn't watch the episode live, but I had seen this gif that the rookie had like posted on Instagram or something before I had even watched the episode. And I was just like, oh, I know that this is about to be good. If Nyla's got this sassy of a line. Yeah. No, it was like, because I didn't buy it for a second. I still don't buy it because I feel like since Monica can kind of like go back to her like business as usual, it's like, I I don't know if she's going to somehow like come in their crosshairs again. Yeah. So Bridget Reagan, who plays Monica on The Rookie, she was in the first episode of The Company You Keep, which is another new ABC show with Milo Ventimiglia. If you aren't watching it, check it out because it is great. I still have to. I wrote Um, about it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm behind, but I've watched the first two episodes and two episodes and it's really good. Um, But when she was in it, in the first episode, I was like, well, at first I didn't recognize her and I was like, she looks very familiar. And so I looked her up and it was her. And then after watching it, I was like, so if they keep her on, she can't, she's not going to be on the rookie much longer. Right. And so watching this, I was like, okay, so maybe they'll set up for her, like, you know, kind of disappearance or whatever. But then I think it was in the second episode of the company you keep or something. She disappears. Like she takes the money and runs. So they could very well bring Monica back in the rookie. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Well, because like Jenna Dewan had posted something a day or two ago, like they were filming for the finale, presumably. And you got like ambulance, fire, police, like everyone yeah. there. So I'm like, I don't know if it's like, you know, a ba- like, you know, Bailey and Nolan get themselves mm-hmm. into a situation or what, or if it's something. Or kind Bailey's just there because ambulance and fire are there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Or if it's something where it's, you know, like a major case with a bunch of yeah. interwoven factors like this kind of was for them. Yeah. Um, Who knows? But yeah, like her turning over a new leaf, I'm like, yeah, I'm with Nyla. I'll believe it when I see it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But then... Monica's in the hospital room after she makes a call telling someone that the feds have Elijah's phone. It's only a matter of time before they kick in the door. We don't know who she's talking to. And then she's like, yeah, let me know if I can be of any help. And we find out that she's talking to a bro. So I'm assuming that we're not done seeing Monica. But then after how these episodes wrapped up, I was like, well, no, we probably are then, right? But monica could come back in a different way too so Mm -hmm. um but yeah so then wesley we go back over to the lopez house wesley is in the doorway to their bedroom um and you know they just can't believe that's finally over and angela's like yeah i want to celebrate but like these bullet holes are a bit of a mood killer which like they're they're just adorable because then wesley's like well i think we should keep them like it's a great (laughs) conversation starter and i'm just like you would say that though yeah i mean i guess because you can like see it from the rest yeah. of their house but i'm like because at first i was like who else is going in your bedroom sir right. like, what is this about then but i, I guess like, oh, like they right. did have bullet holes in like other spots right yeah, but i'm just like, like on the wall and the door so it's like if you close it you can still yeah. see it but i was like i was confused at first i was like 
you would say that, Wesley. So then, <laughs> so then Angela's like, you just want to tell the story of how you fought off a hired hitman. And Wesley's so proud. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to work that into every conversation until the day I die. And at first I was like, he wants to tell the story of how he like literally threw a glass face at the wall and like <laughs> the hitman like ran after him. Yeah. I and said it was, was ironic. Like, oh, yeah, the towel rack. Yeah. Yeah. So then she's like, well, we'll patch up every one of them, like, except for one. And by them, and by we, like, she really means Nolan. And I was like, yeah, because Nolan is the resident contractor on the show. Yep. Yeah. So then Wesley's like, well, you know, it's just comforting to know that Elijah is somewhere far worse. Um, And then we cut over to Elijah in jail, who is looking at his cell and, like, his cell neighbor says hi, talking to his library. And it's Oscar, of course, because, like, why wouldn't it be? <laughs> and Elijah's just like, yeah, do you have any revenge stories? And I was like, all right, so that's <laughs> where we're going. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I I didn't, I just, of all the people, of course, it had to be Oscar. But right? it, like, it just makes it funnier because, I mean, the man has to make an appearance almost every season now. Oh, so it's definitely. like, yeah. of course. But I think it was Emily had, like, tweeted at me when I was tweeting for shop talk of if it was going to be like a rebel reunion and I didn't put like two and two together because like Matthew like the actor Mm -hmm. who plays Oscar was like one of the husbands on rebel and then James uh Fletcher's character was a second husband yeah that's right rebel character and then Kevin Seegers played uh rebel's son so I was like oh Maybe, but sadly, no. No. <laughs> no mini reunion. I know. It was a crossover in, like, the least way possible. I mean, it wasn't, like, the storyline and, like, the right. villain characters, but, yeah. Like, we had a mention of Garza and the feds and mm-hmm. the rookie, but, like, we didn't actually see them, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's about it for the main case overall so like we wrapped up elijah's storyline in the rookie and like it was nice that angela got to arrest him but mm-hmm. i don't know i feel like it's not totally done with elijah and i feel like he can get out still. so i'm just so used to seeing like brandon be on the show yeah. since he's been a part of it mm-hmm. off and on for pretty much i mean to well like one I mean I guess one and a half seasons almost two yeah now since season five's almost getting close to done so it's like I I don't know because I feel like he's also one of the longest villains yeah like con- is concurrent the right word I don't think it is but you know like the mm-hmm. most often appearing yeah yeah total. I was gonna say like are they gonna start a new villain now like in episode 18 like because we don't have any villains that like will come into season six if we have a season six like yeah i mean roslyn's gone mm-hmm. elisha's in jail mm-hmm. you know what i mean like oscar i guess but even then he's not really a villain he's just like a character that reoccurs sometimes yeah and like an annoyance to yeah <laughs> to no one pretty much but then that's where i'm like elisha could still get out because like it's elijah stone yeah i mean i feel like he'll just be sitting in his cell plotting revenge yeah 
Yeah, because he asked for the revenge stories, and like we already know that he was working with the Brill. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's just it'll be interesting to see. So, so next we have Nolan and Selena, um, which I really loved to learning more about Selena this episode, and mm-hmm. like I don't know, just getting to experience her emotions more. I guess not that yeah. that's a good thing for her, but like it was nice for us to see. So yeah yeah but she knocks on john's door in the morning also i love that like she just randomly invites herself over to john's house it's my favorite thing ever and she's like yeah i read my sister's case file and found out that my mom lied to me and so selena tells balen who are her pseudo parents um that the day that her sister was taken their mom like sent them outside to play well she like laid down or whatever and so they went out there for about an hour after she got distracted, like before she got distracted and Blanca disappeared. And so when Selena like finally ran home, her mom was coming up the street and Carlo had just said she'd just come out of the house. But like, then she admitted to the detective that she had run out to the store and a friend that she had met there, like had cooperated it. And so John's like, that sounds innocent enough. And Bailey just kind of like, She's like, well, maybe she was afraid like she'd get in trouble for leaving two young girls home alone. And so Selena asks John, like, if it wasn't her mom, if it was just some random witness lying to him, like, what would he think? And Balin, like, looks at each other. Bailey, like, gives him a nod and kind of, like, a look. And he's just like, I would question what else they were lying about. And I don't know. I'll just say it again. I love these three. They're dynamic. Um, Balin is Selena's pseudo parents. And if Selena's mom turns out to be a not so good person, like Balin's there for her. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then after like roll call or whatever, Nolan tells Gray that Selena found a discrepancy in the report and that it should be looked into and they need to speak to the witness. And so Gray's like, fine, whatever. Um, you know just give the cold case detective who's working the file a heads up and gray's like just don't let her compromise her sister's murder investigation so selena's like getting everything into the shop no one stops to say stops her to say that there's like someone coming in coming into the station and that they need to talk um so they're not out on patrol but like she she's like you got my mom out of the house like how 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 is that possible and you know that's not the case like nolan also says that she's not going to be the first person to ask about the discrepancies and she has to be questioned by the detective working the case and so they first nolan's talking to the mystery man that she ran into at the store named edwin guzman um and selena's just like i already have a list of questions and so she like starts reading them off and nolan's like wait I'm going to be the one doing the questioning. You can be there as a fly on the wall. And so she like rips off the sheet of questions from her notepad and like gives them to Nolan. And she's like, fine, like, you know, I'll be the fly on the wall. So Nolan and Selena walk in to interrogate Edwin. Selena introduces herself and Edwin's just like, you know, I haven't seen you since like you and your sister. And he just like stops the sentence right there. And so Nolan's like, we just have a few questions for you. Um, because selena's mom has conflicting stories and so selena starts questioning him no one pulls her back um and edwin's like i don't really know who carlo lied to and maybe 
maybe she just forgot. And so she tells them, like, Salim is just like, you don't just forget, like, where you were when your kid was taken. And Nolan, like, pulls her back again, tells her to go find Officer Thorson and see if he needs anything. And so once Selena, like, leaves, no one's like, give me a minute. Like, I got to go into the viewing room. And it turns out that Selena was going to enter. Um, and so before she even, like, walks in, he just gives her a look and she leaves. Um, and so he goes back to question Edwin, like, asking him what Miss him and Miss Suarez were doing the afternoon. And Edwin's like, I told the cops all of this back then. And, like, it should be in a file. And Nolan, like, reads off the statement and just tells him that, like, he recommends taking this opportunity to tell the truth. Because lying once during a child murder investigation is one thing, but, like, to do it again is not, not good at all. And so Edwin confesses that he just didn't want to get Carla in trouble and she was going through a lot. And so, like, he thought if he told the cops, she might lose Selena, too. And so john was like were you guys even together that day and edwin's like well we were but not at the store and so edwin shares that carla had been in a car accident a couple of months prior and the doctor had described her opioids um and edwin and carla were both like addicted to opioids from different things and so the doctors like cut them off but they ended up finding their own dealer and so that's what carla was doing out of the house that morning um she was scoring with him and so he shares that after Blanca was taken, Carla never took another pill. Like she quit cold turkey because of the guilt and grief. And Edwin's just like, yeah, I should have told the cops that the truth, but like it had nothing to do with the reason why Blanca was taken, which leads me to believe that like, is he behind this? Because why, how does he know that it had nothing to do with the reason why Blanca was taken? You know, like, I don't know. Does he know more? I don't know. I just kind of got like a fishy vibe from him. So Nolan like closes the file, says that the investigator will be questioning him next. And you know, the, the one will be in touch. So he tells him not to share this conversation with Carla. And he just like, he doesn't want to add criminal conspiracy to the list of possible charges to him. Um, and so he's like, you know, I won't like we haven't spoken in years. Um, which also, again, how did he know that Carla has not taken another pill? Like, if they haven't spoken in years, how exactly would he know that? Maybe she keeps them up to date, but, like, I don't know. Just kind of odd. So, mm -hmm. he wants Nolan to tell Selena how sorry he is. Um, and so, Selena's, like, waiting out in the hallway of the interrogation rooms, and she wants to know immediately what he said. And Nolan's just like, I have to get to the detectives involved first, but, you know, I'll talk to you later or whatever and so nolan just asks angela for advice on this case um and he tells her about edwin and angela's like well if selena knows um or she asks if selena knows and angela's like it'll open up a whole new world of suspects like drug dealers and other addicts and so angela's like talk to carradine add it to my caseload i'll take care of it so Selena asks Nolan what Angela said. He reminds her that nothing may come of this, but, you know, she'll do everything that she can. And so he tells her about her mom and she thinks Edwin and Carla were having an affair, but she's like, it can't be any worse than the scenarios that I've thought about in my head until it is. And so he tells her about Carla's injury and about the painkiller addiction and the doctor like cutting it off. And selena's response is denial and she's like no that's not right like i remember the accident but you know um i would help her with a few things and no one's like sadly it is and that explains why she lied and so 
Selena's like, I blamed myself all of these years. And now I know that it wasn't my fault. It was hers. So at the end of the episode, kind of towards end, we see Carla step out of the shop at the station and she hugs Selena tight saying that like, she saw the officer at the door. She thought the worst. She asks what's happening. And Selena's like, they're going to ask you questions about Blanca's case. Um, They want to know where you were when it happened. And so Selena tells her that they know about the drugs and Selena's obviously hurt. Like this entire episode or most of it, she like had tears in her eyes. Um, And so Carla's just like, I couldn't handle telling you the truth and like you hating me. Um, And so Balin is like at the very end of the episode, we see Balin like talking. Um, And so Bailey asks how Selena's doing. And she's like, you know, will any of this help if, if they're tracking known associates and no one's like yeah but it doesn't help that it was 15 years ago and the associates have had plenty of time to destroy evidence and get their story straight um and so Balin just hopes that Selena and her mom can become close again um and that's kind of where we leave off with them I have a feeling that like this is gonna set up for the next like the rest of the season possibly Mm -hmm. or maybe it's why jake and sava go undercover to like help kind of catch the guys maybe i don't know i'm interested to see Mm -hmm. yeah it's um it'll be interesting and like i don't know while i was watching this episode the second time around i was like could this be setting up for and I don't even want to say it because I don't want it to happen. But like, could this be setting up for Selena to end or to leave at the end of the season? Oh, be just sad. because like, I could see her being like, okay, well, you know, I kind of got like the information that I needed. Maybe I joined the police force for that. And I kind of got what I needed and I can't be a cop because all of this is hard, but I don't know. I don't, I don't want that to be true because I want, I, I, I want myself to have like, more than one season on a show yeah i would like for them to do what they did with true for Lisseth. yeah and just be like she's gonna stay because like yeah it i mean she's still a rookie she's the right. rookie now so but i could also see like i don't know i could see it happening and i'm just like i don't i don't want that though but we're just gonna act like i ever even said that how about that okay <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of it for the nolan and selena stuff i don't know i feel like that they wouldn't do that to her because they've given us so much time with her but i could also see it yeah Mm -hmm. um but i i don't know i know that we have a lot of reservations well i don't know about us but like i know there were a lot of reservations with the fans too when Lisette was announced and we were like oh well she's gonna be with Nolan like why couldn't she be with someone else yeah honestly I've loved it because we've gotten a lot of screen Mm -hmm. time with her because of her being with Nolan so yeah yeah um but the next we have Chunford volunteering so I did not know that this was gonna be a storyline until we saw that sneak peek and I was like oh all right I'm here for it there were a lot of people that had some things to say about this in really? particular yeah mm-hmm. oh i want to yeah. know after after we record okay because like i said i literally stayed off of twitter because i was like yeah. i don't want to be spoiled um 
yeah i mean chenford fandom always has you know just strong opinions to oh each their own. yeah yeah to each but, their own everyone's entitled to their own opinions but like i want to know after <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So after roll call, Lucy like catches up with him and she's, you know, telling him that she got mad at him after a Tim test. And she's like, I actually don't remember which one, which I thought that was so funny. I'm like, how do you not know? Well, and like, how many Tim tests is he doing that she doesn't remember? Yeah. Because she was like, it was a few months back, too. I'm like, well, what are we talking a few months back? Like before you guys started dating or while you guys were dating? Of course, she pulled the whole Lucy lesson thing while they were dating. No, I don't know. I know. Like, I need to know, does he do Tim tests while they're dating? And, like, what are they about then? (laughs) Like, I don't know. I need to know. (laughs) But she's like, yeah, I signed you up to be a Make a Dream mentor and totally forgot about it. And he's not happy about that. Because why would he be? You know, it's Tim Bradford. So so he's mentoring a 12-year-old cancer patient named Jordy Yates um and he starts to like walk away but lucy boxes him in by like making him feel bad she's like you know what's more important than like lifting up a sick kid like what more important things could you have to do today and so like she then ends up starting to like walk away to go on patrol and tim's like where are you going and he's like no it's gonna be you and i like entertaining our kid our make a dream kid together and he like then boxes her in by making her feel bad with the same thing that she just said. Um, and she's like, yep, should have saw that coming. Um, and so they meet Jordy and his dad. And this kid just, he does not seem enthused to be there, like at all. Um, and they, you know, like heard that he wants to be a cop. So they're going to show him like all of the ins and outs of the job, starting with processing, which means fingerprints and getting his mugshot taken. And this kid's just like, whatever, like, you know, let's just get the stay done. And so Chenford's getting his mugshot taken and Lucy's like, I'm going to see your meanest face. There's no change of expression whatsoever. And so then Tim's just like, okay, let's see your most miserable face. Again, no change. This kid is like a mini Tim, like literally so grumpy. There. And so Lucy's just like, it doesn't feel like we're making his dreams come true. And Tim's just like, looks like Jordy hates us. Like, you know. Whatever. yeah he's and, like that's what it looks like yeah and so then lucy's like well maybe he doesn't like having this picture taken or maybe he doesn't feel well like he does have cancer and she's totally spinning out about this like totally and tim's just like remaining calm like their dynamic yeah. their dynamic has taken a 180 and so like they go to move on and do something else and they see that jordy has disappeared and so this sends them on a wild goose chase and so they're like looking all around the station for Jordy and Lucy just sarcastically says that she can't wait to tell the make a dream people that they lost Jordy. And Tim's just like, he tries to add some levity and like, in, in a way. And he's just like, well, we didn't lose him. We just misplaced him. Right. And Tim's just like, he's probably raiding the snacks. Like that's what any other kid would do. And again, like Lucy's spinning out, Tim's all calm and she even asks him she's like how can you be so calm like what if this was your kid and he's they like have a whole conversation about their future kids more or less mm-hmm. and lucy's just like well if we ever lose our kids like you know i get i need you to take this more seriously <laughs> and tim's just like well our kids would know a lot better um than to pull a stunt like this which yeah their kids would but like also 
I don't know. I feel like it's too early to be having that conversation, but that was then again, <laughs> they've had, didn't they have a conversation about like their grandchildren, like on the first date or they were like, this is something we can tell the grandkids. Yeah. It was Lucy's like casual mention. Which I feel like that's redo date. Like, I feel like that's kind of like a typical phrase, you know, like, oh, we'll have something to tell the grandkids, but yeah, See, I, I had never, like, I had never heard of it. I feel like <laughs> I you don't just say that to anyone. I don't know. Yeah, it's just kind of weird. But then, like Aaron, which we didn't see much of him in this episode. No, because I was like, "Oh, well, Selena's gonna go hang out with Aaron," and I literally yeah. tweeted it, and then it didn't happen. And I was like, "Damn it!" I was it was wrong. a shame. Like we only saw him with Chunford, and then with like the team while they were going to get like Elijah and Abrell. But even then, like he didn't say much, and I was like. No okay i'm sad now but he like walks up to chenford with jordy and he's like yeah i found like this kid like wandering around and lucy asks what they were talking about and aaron's just like he was asking me what my childhood pet's name was and when jordy asks jordy is asked why he's like it's just for a school report a school report on pets yeah okay so Tim's just like checking out the kit room next where they get their war bags and Jordy's like okay whatever and Lucy's like well what about the canine unit like we have some cuties over there and again Jordy's like I literally don't care and so Lucy throws out taking him to the impound lot but Tim's like eh no to hear my nephews tell it it's all about Pokemon and manga with like ghosts on the toilet and the more important thing here is Chenford had a lot of banter in this episode like yes they were helping the sick kid but like that was able to give them some banter and yeah it was it was pretty funny um but so then like tim turns back around to talk to jordy and the kid is gone again like this kid is like houdini here um and so chenford's looking all over for jordy even underneath the shops in the motor pool like tim was literally on the ground looking underneath the car um, and so when Gray calls, Lucy's like, do you think that he knows that we lost Jordy twice? And Tim's just like, stay calm. Like, it's fine. And so after Tim hangs up with Gray, Lucy looks so guilty. And Tim's like, I hope you're enjoying that revenge. And Lucy's like, I'm really not. Um, and so Chenford finds Jordy at a desk Googling how to delete traffic tickets. Um, and Lucy tells him that like he can't do that from those computers and deleting them is a crime. And Jordy's like, well, my dad put me up to it, like, because we couldn't afford all of the fines. And Tim then has no filter. And he's like, do you even have cancer? Uh, And Lucy's like, Tim, like, why are you asking that? And it's true, but like, he lied about wanting to be a cop. Um, And so he was like, I really just wanted to be on the sidelines for a Rams game. But my dad said that if he could get rid of the tickets, he'd be, he'd buy me an e-bike. And so they're like, well, how did you get into the system anyway? Um, and Jordy just shows them a post-it note with Smitty's login information to the system, which only Smitty. And the fact that his password was Smitty123 just makes it even better. Because mm-hmm. Lucy was like, did he really have to like write that down to remember it? Yeah. And then leave it on his desk. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Classic. the most Smitty thing ever. So they're talking to Jordy's dad and Tim's just like you're a criminal and you made your son one too and Mr. Yates is like he you know Jordy didn't know but they bring up what Jordy did and you know so Jordy's not under arrest but like 
Mystery Gates could be. And Lucy looks over to Tim with like a sad puppy dog look. And, you know, just giving him one look and like Tim's like, okay, well, you're not under arrest, but you are going to Daddy and Me traffic school and you're going to spend some time with Jordy. Um, And so at the end of the episode, Lucy walks up to Tim's desk telling him that it was a nice gesture. And Tim really just wanted to like put the dad in jail, but Lucy's a good influence on him. And then we get one last line about Trenford's future kids. And Lucy's like, you're going to be a really good dad one day. Um, And he says that he's going to have to be if she keeps losing their kids everywhere she goes, which sweet, bantery, very Trenford-like. But like also kind of too soon on the Trenford kids thing. Like bring back Kojo. Let's, I mean, he can be there for a baby for right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But the rookie episode was good. There were a couple of listener thoughts. So we'll start off with those. Do you want to take us through Lydia's? Yes. So Lydia had said, wow, that was an intense episode with Lopez and Harper taking out Elijah and the assault on Wesley. My heart was racing. Tim and Lucy losing their kids, quote unquote. That was very cute. Also, in how relaxed they were in discussing being parents. And Selena's story was heartbreaking. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was a good episode. I thought Mm -hmm. it was a good one to, like, start a mini hiatus with. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Paige had said, Tim and Lucy talking, kids? Oh, my gosh. In all caps. Yeah. That was literally all I could think about. Right so polly had said it was so stressful i just bought 15 boxes of girl scout cookies (laughs) (laughs) i mean honestly tis the season for that yeah can't say i blame you i mean i bought a box of thin mints and did not feel (laughs) bad about it so yeah um polly said i honestly don't think i've been that on edge during an episode since lucy's kidnapping slash attempted murder my heart couldn't stop racing until long after it was over yeah yeah. It was intense. Joyce Lynn said both episodes both episodes were good as always, but it wasn't really a crossover. When Brenton was in last week's episode, that was a better crossover and it wasn't even an official one. I think Angela should have been the one to take down a brill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it after I finished the episodes. I was like, it's a crossover in that like the storyline and the villains, you know, right. kind of lead into one another. It was a better crossover than the Roslyn one, like in that of Brill, we've seen her in the rookie and then on rookie feds. But mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't a crossover in that like the LAPD characters were coming over into feds and like feds was going over into the rookie, but like yeah. they didn't really set it up that way, I felt no. like so it just wasn't in a traditional sense. Yeah. That how people are used to. But I will say that when they're not hyped up as crossovers that's when it feels more like a crossover which is odd Mm -hmm. but i think like this one was better than the others in terms that in terms of the official crossover just because the storyline was carried over better yeah so i just know because like if you call it just like you know continuity or continued story it's like that doesn't flow right you know and adds it's like a crossover so i don't know if there's a different word yeah that works or not yeah but yeah i mean angela being the one to take down a bro yeah 
I mean, it probably should have happened. I'm just glad that she was the one that took down Elijah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, since Wesley couldn't do it, like, mm-hmm. it made sense that Angela yeah. would be able to have that. So Mindy had said that rookie episode was amazing. I loved everyone, but I think Monica, with a heavy assist from Nyla, stole the show. Those fight scenes with Lopez were just truly incredible. Wesley ganking off the towel rack, the Oscar and Elijah team up does have me worried, though. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of gave the Oscar and Elijah team up a little thought, and then I was like, no, I don't think that they would. I just don't see how Oscar would, like, actually put forth the effort. Yeah. Is the thing. Unless he just says Elijah do it all. Yeah, but see, Elijah doesn't... He likes to have other people do his work. So it's like those two... They just... I don't see them... I think that Oscar was just in there for, like, a familiar face. For us, at least. And just, like, a little comedy. I don't know. Yeah. But Monica with the heavy assist from Nyla stealing the show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Bridget was amazing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So Mariah said, I loved both episodes, though it was really a crossover. However, I'd like to see big rookie storylines wrap up on the rookie and not rookie feds. They need to let rookie feds find its own vibe. I can see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like they have done a lot of like crossovers they're not like they i'm sure that they are big in terms of filming and everything but then again they don't have many actors cross over that could be a scheduling thing but i feel like storylines wrapping up on rookie feds is just gonna kind of be like natural sometimes because depending on the case like the rookie can't always take care of it like if it's you know more like drug related or federal so yeah but i get that so uh bonnie had said loved chen bird and the kid uh sick of abc calling things crossovers though when literally none of the crossovers have been true crossovers like we get with one chicago or ncis last night wouldn't even qualify they need to let feds find its own jam and not use the original for that vehicle um Major, oh, major, the rookie storylines need to be wrapped up on the original as well. Both Rosalind and other major storylines were wrapped on feds when those were central and major storylines for the original rookie show. And they should have stayed on that show. Yeah, I get that. Like, if they want to do a crossover, fine, but then, like, bring in a new villain or new, like, suspect, you know? Like, have that kind of wrap up. Yeah, I got like I said, I I don't know if continuities. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not a you know, uh, buzzword. Yeah, really, you know, as crossovers are nowadays. So, yeah, I mean, I also feel like since it just kind of depends, though, too, because it's mm-hmm. it's not like this is an established universe. I mean, it is, but it's still newer in terms yeah. of if you compare it to the franchises i'm not familiar with ncis i know there are a bunch of spinoffs um of it you know in different cities i i'm not familiar with with their crossovers but i mean we both are familiar with the one chicago yeah franchise and i know but even then though they 
originally only had two shows for Crossover, a year. Yeah. yeah, and they still made it work. Well, even, even then, like, they didn't have a, a lot of people come over, though. Yeah. And it like, still worked. Their crossovers, like, pretty much up until the Apartment Fire one and then even Infection, were very rocky. Like, yeah. they lacked the, um, like, the, ca- the characters, like, crossing over. They kept up yeah. the storyline, but, you know, it was more like, okay, well, yeah. once you got to the PD portion, it was, like, just PD. All right. Um, so I think, like, I'm kind of comparing it to the last two big crossovers that they had where it was, like, all three shows. But mm-hmm. even then, that's hard to say, too, because, you know, they have a very different dynamic. Um, yeah. Not to well, say that, that like, Rookie and Feds doesn't. I mean, they film on the same stage, but. Yeah. I mean, unless you, because, like, I remember originally, like, when the spinoff was even announced, I kind of thought, like, before I knew it was going to be federal, I thought it was going to be, like, a rookie lafd or yeah. you know like fire so it's like yeah. unless you bring in something like that right then it's kind of, but then see then that would be like you know people might think oh it's a copycat of you know yeah. other networks da, 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 da. Yeah. so i can kind of understand their uh refrain from doing right. so but well as we that's... have a third show it's like you don't yeah. have that same yeah. foundation it's not in the same way which yeah. i think is fine so like i don't right I personally don't share those opinions, but I can understand well, what people are saying. And I don't watch any of the other ABC shows. Like, I just thought that there's going to be a spinoff of The Good Doctor called The Good Lawyer. So, I mean, I would um, think they would have spinoffs yeah. or crossovers. But, like, the Station 19 Grey's Anatomy crossovers, I know that they do some. I'm mm. not familiar with those shows, so I don't know I mean, how I, good they are. I know they hype them up very yeah. well. Um, but, yeah, I'm not... I'm also not familiar. But I wonder if it's maybe just like ABC. Like they might just hype up the shows more than like the crossover. I don't know. Like, I mean, that's true. Cause yeah. I watch a few other ABC programs that get, I mean, you will like see commercials within yeah. other shows for yeah. ABC's additional programs. So, but then but, again, yeah, like, they do hype it up a lot. Yeah. But then again, like, Feds is so much to handle sometimes. Like, it's, something that you have to be paying attention to like at all times that it is kind of nice to have like a crossover where they do have like the major storyline that we saw in the rookie and then they kind of wrap it up on fed so yeah i don't mind it yeah it's kind of like a catch-22 because like we want them to have their own storylines and we want them to like have a crossover that's a good one but yet like it's nice to have a storyline that we already know so Mm -hmm. yeah but um blessed turtle had said we finally got some progress on the selena front and aside from a few in my opinion narrative inconsistencies like for example the ethic implications of nolan being the one to question the man selena's mom went to see instead of a detective um i i overall loved the storyline and my heart bled for her at the end that final scene with her mom was so gut-wrenching same like i i literally just wanted to give selena a giant hug because i was like this is so sad yeah, that um, is true though, because they kept mentioning like, "Oh, we're gonna take this to the to the detectives," or right. "Oh, the detectives are gonna do this," and then it's like, "No one." Gee, unless I missed something, yeah, he's not a detective. Yeah, yeah, it was it was odd. Um, but Bless Turtle also said Harper continued to prove how much of a smart badass she is when she immediately figured out Monica's game, and in her and Lopez tag teaming Elijah to finally take him down. Hopefully, forget this time. 
literally give me a spinoff of Nyla and Angela like please I don't they they can say yeah they can stay in the LAPD Wilshire like mid Wilshire station but like just let them be detectives for a full hour and like take cases on because I would love that Mm -hmm. um and they also said Wesley also got to prove that Lopez is not only the not the only badass in the Lopez house and watching him hold his own against the hitman was great and he's definitely never letting Lopez forget that he's not (laughs) he's really not um they also said finally we have Chenford this episode really solidified just how committed these two are to each other for me also can I just point out how on brand it was for Lucy to get revenge by Tim signing by signing Tim up to do a good deed. Classic Lucy. She all she always brings out the best in Tim, and this episode was no exception. She was ready to throw Mystery Gates in jail, but one look from Lucy was all it took, and he folded like a pretzel. She brings out the best in him, and vice versa. That's why it worked so damn well. That's why they work so damn well as a couple. The playful yet serious banter about their future kids only served to further solidify it. Yeah. Literally like bless turtle summed it up perfectly as far as like the chenford dynamic yeah uh they also said i can't wait till we get the l word from them and hopefully the writers won't rob us by having it happen off screen like with everyone finding out that chenford was together still salty about that really wanted to see lopez and nolan's reactions yeah i i hope that we don't get the l word off screen i feel like they won't do us dirty like that just because so. people have been waiting for so long i just i just wonder if you know if they'll be the type of couple that actually will say yeah. the three words out loud or if it's you know yeah. they'll say it in i other, mean tim's like, basically already moved in so they very well could have already said it to each other yeah so yeah i'm still in the camp of i want to see tim's reaction to finding out that lucy dated nolan yeah that's where i'm at like i don't yeah. even i'm kind of over the whole everyone else finding yeah. out like they know okay great yeah i also <laughs> just i, I just want to see know that i just want to see everyone else find out that nolan and lucy dated yeah, like like, I, like you I said want to know i'm a little over like them finding out about out about chenford yeah but i want to I don't know for my own selfish gain. I want to see them all find out about Nolan and Lucy being together at one point. So funny, yeah, it would be. Just crack me up. So, uh, Bless Turtle also said Chris was back but never interacted with Chenford, which was kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I would have liked to see just like him and Lucy kind of like check in with each other for some odd reason. I don't know, Hmm. but maybe i mean chris probably could already know about chenford like he works with wesley i would assume so i just yeah like, i just feel like they i mean i just feel like yeah he would already know yeah but yeah that's about it for the rookie 517 any other thoughts i don't think so just that i want to give selena a hug yeah that's it yeah, and it was so nice to, I mean, one thing I am salty about is the fact that we never really got a lot of, like, Vanessa Rojas background from Lissette's character on Chicago yeah. PD, so, like, I thought it was nice that we really got it in yeah. this episode. Different show, different character, I'm aware, but still, just nice to see yeah. her have a central episode. Yeah. 
I mean, we got some for Vanessa Rojas on PD, but it was like one episode and done. It was never yeah. like carried through. And yeah. it's nice to see that they're carrying it through on the rookie. Again, let's keep her on the rookie. Let's not do mm-hmm. what I said earlier. Because <laughs> I don't want that. No one wants that. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. But yeah, so mm-hmm. we'll go ahead and move over into the rookie fence now. Yeah um so that one was 117 titled payback and so we're gonna start off with the see when they said ruthless gang leader in the episode description i was not thinking oh that's a brill until right saw the promo but i still just like i i just see them as like singular villains like elijah i kind of forget that they lead giant groups of villainous people yeah. and they well. were once connected to love here i feel like i have yeah. to go back and watch that entire thing again because yeah. it's been like two seasons now and i'm like wait mm-hmm. how is abril connected to love here and how is elijah connected to them i'm like yeah i have to go back and rewatch. but also that just means macy and jackson like go and oh, i don't want that dude. oh no sad 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 yeah um, but yeah, so we'll start off with that, um, as well as, you know, the rest of the team kind of wrap, as Jennifer said, wrapping up this storyline on feds. Uh, so we first see, uh, a priest begging a bro for his life in, in Spanish, um, which I'm glad that they had, again, the translations, not that I don't know Spanish, but I was like, oh, they said father as in like he's a priest like that because i was like i just i didn't really put it all together yeah but, um yeah so he is um begging for his life but she says uh for him to forgive her because she's about to sin again and again and again and she's saying this like as she's i'm assuming stabbing him murdering yeah. him in in the gruesome way that it was done um yeah so that's kind of what it like it starts with pertaining to this case uh and so they have to in order to kind of get more info on a bro they're going to talk to elijah um and they want to kind of find out which one of his crew members if any of them were like gunning for his empire really and so that's where we had um brendan laura and mark uh they managed to scrounge up a couple names um they had first had said like his top lieutenant which was hazy but then mark was like no i'm thinking it's gonna be Adalo." and mm-hmm. um but then they're like well no we're both wrong because it would have to be the weakest link which supposedly is someone named tito um but when the like when the three of them go to talk to Elijah, Elijah's more concerned about how they're still thinking like FBI agents and not thinking right. like a Brill, or thinking like how she's staying one step ahead of them. Yeah, and you know because since she was dropped on her head as a child, she doesn't sleep ever, at all, nothing. So he's like, well, what does she do with all that free time? She strategizes. She you know is a meticulous planner. So um, Elijah tells them that she probably has a surprise planned for uh, their friends in Guatemala. 
and because Matt and Simone went down there uh, on the jet to go see if they could track her down. Um, and but when Laura tries to call Matt, it's too late. Like they've already stormed the house, and I'm assuming. I mean, it's Simone that like finds Juan's body, but mm-hmm. I mean, presumably Carter was there too since he was inside the room. Yeah, when the camera panned back over. Um, and then it was a very like bloody scene. Um, even had, you know, uh, writing in blood mm-hmm. and symbols in blood. So, um, and then I liked how it was Brendan that like translated the Spanish, the Campo de Sangre, right? this field of blood. And I was like, oh, you go, Brendan. It's like, good for you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was just so happy for him. Um, and Simone kind of notes because they're like talking, um, over the phone and simone notes that like the killing was like the one of judas who hanged himself after betraying jesus and like i was like oh my god that's the guy like the guy's intestines were said to be hanging outside of his body and i was like nope nope no nope don't need that Ugh, like no um but laura kind of notes that abril's not one to show off her kill she's not really an exhibitionist so then Mark wonders, well, why deviate now? Like, what would cause her to do that? Mm -hmm. And so uh, Elena comes back and discovers that the uh, Aztec glyph that was painted in Juan's blood was was like an original glyph, but Abril had added to it um, to kind of put her own spin on it. And we'll find out a little bit more as to why that was later. Yeah. Um, But Garza and Simone uh, end up speaking to Juan's sister who reveals that her brother received an envelope with his old police badge inside with that same symbol that was drawn on the wall. It was also drawn on the uh, envelope. And uh, Juan used to be in, you know, on the police force in San Marcos in Guatemala um, and apparently came up around the same time as Abril's father did. So Simone wonders if maybe Juan betrayed abril's dad somehow during these policing days and again more bloodshed because that's apparently what's going on in this episode um because as they had mentioned i guess they kind of mentioned it in the like previously on the rookie feds or whatever that dalen had come down um to well abril wanted her to come down to los angeles but then apparently they um you know had lured the feds back to guatemala only to take off and now they're back in la again um a lot of a lot of flying uh uh-huh apparently and i'm like how do criminals get jets like on the ready right i know how the feds do yeah but like how did but oh yeah they must have it's because she's gotten elijah's money or something probably yeah 10 million yeah probably um so we next see Abril and Dalen. Um, they're finishing massacring a bunch of people at what looked like some sort of gathering in LA. And so obviously she's she's dead set on finishing this uh like mission for revenge. Yeah. And apparently they managed to kill off all of Elijah's crew except for Tito, which I didn't catch until my second watch. I was like, oh shit. So he has like no like he has no one now even if he yeah. were to get out of jail it's like 
if you don't have it like he would have to literally start from scratch then right like his empire would probably be gone like his you know the drugs money whatever yeah and he also wouldn't have anyone on his crew anymore i don't know anyway um so tito's uh in protective custody with the lapd so uh the team reconvenes they're trying to find the connection between all of this they know abrilla set out for revenge because she thinks juan had something to do with her father's death uh, but they don't know who's actually responsible for killing her father so they need to find out before she does uh but until then garza tells them to call it a night uh including his niece elena who uh has date night with her girlfriend phoebe and i was like oh yay that's exciting i didn't yeah. think we're actually gonna see it so i was like, i know oh. um but then it was like oh it's used as like a plot point dang it mm-hmm. like i just want like nice nice date night normal date night yeah on one of the shows please but no but then i also loved that we got to see elena so much in this episode because mm-hmm. i was like we haven't seen her in a little bit so mm-hmm. yeah yeah um so there um elena and bb are at a restaurant and they're talking about you know taking next steps and elena's like i'm not moving in with you and phoebe's like no i just might take a trip like we're not <laughs> you know we're not jumping into anything major here uh and so they're kind of you know they're chatting having a nice time uh and we see that abril and dalen are watching them from outside the restaurant and uh i think it was yeah dalen snuck in to the restaurant and kind of bumped elena's chair therefore allowing her a couple seconds to install malware on elena's phone Mm -hmm. um and when she comes back out to the car um you know she kind of is telling over like this is that was too close this is too risky you are too invested and you shouldn't have made it personal because then you might make the same mistakes as Lafiera did which I'm assuming they mean make things personal like with Angela like that's what Lafiera did to kind of cause her to mess up um but a girl's mind is made up like she will track down her father's killer no matter the cost um so even even her uh girlfriend and like right hand woman can't convince her to Mm -hmm. to call this off so she yeah that just goes to show like how uh focused she is on doing this and so apparently garza couldn't you know had trouble sleeping the night before um you know he was up thinking about the uh pitchfork that was added to a bro's uh death symbol and so he did a deep dive and it was a logo that was used by uh the dea's fast team who and they were stationed in guatemala in the 90s uh, and laura's like aka they're the dea's version of navy seals and Carter had said some of them were dirty, though, like, they committed crimes like money laundering, conspiracy, and they essentially conspired with the with the drug cartels and, like, stole from them. So that's no good. Um, and so Elena found out that the patches were worn by a team in 1997, including Trent, who was one of the agents that, like, started the whole entire, well, not the, not the, whole unit but just that particular task force that they were a part of and so they've been working the case with him like 
pretty much this entire time. Although it was kind of interesting because we really only saw him towards the beginning when they right. stormed where they well where they thought Abril was going to be by storming her house in Guatemala. Um, but anyway, so they they have a a person in mind. And so Simone wonders if maybe Abril's father found out that Trent's team was dirty and that's what got him killed. Um, and so Garza's ready to, you know, load up the jet and fly back uh, to San Marcos. But he's like, I got to do this solo because if Trent, you know, senses an ambush, he's going to mm-hmm. clam up and take off pretty much. And so he arrives and asks to talk to Trent in private. And he reveals that he didn't kill Abril's dad, but he heard rumors about high-level stuff, including murders, uh, going down in a place called the Hornet's Nest. And he knows that all of that kind of high-level activity was done by one man. So um, the soldier they're looking for is uh, Owen Ripley. So did I just say, wow, yeah. Trent was not the head of the task force. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm going to blame it on me being sick, as you can probably tell from my voice being ridiculous. So sorry. <laughs> Let me try that again. Trent was just one of the agents that was a part of the team that they were working with. Um, Owen's the head of the DEA task force up there. Yep. Okay. Wow. Why did you <laughs> not stop me sooner? Oh my gosh. Okay. Moving on. Anyway. Um, so Simone kind of wonders why Abril would leave them breadcrumbs like that though and Carter's like well maybe she would use like use them to gain intel and Brendan wonders well okay what if she bugged us individually and so that's what leads Elena to check her phone and discover the malware that was on it and the camera cuts over to Abril seeing Owen's photo on the DEA database and so when when Garza's team goes to mobilize, they can't really do anything because the DEA has shut the FBI out. And apparently Owen left work and ditched his phone. Uh, and so they're kind of out of options. I mean, later I'll get into why Carter goes um, to one of the other agents for help. But they kind of, like, they're at a standstill for that moment in time. Uh, so... Garza and Elena go back to the restaurant where Elena's date with Phoebe was and he reminds her that no one piece of evidence is too small and Elena suggests the security cameras and Garza's like kind of it's implied that they had already checked for security cameras and there were none and so but Elena kind of points upward and there's one that's kind of hidden in the building that must have been missed before Mm-hmm. so they call for a warrant but when they question why it's taking so long matt asks elena to check the folder where the footage is stored and the footage was uploaded 20 minutes ago but they weren't notified which means owen must have turned off their access and took the footage himself so he knows where you know like where brill is and so he's obviously going he's set on finishing this and so we see um they do pull up the footage 
Brendan zooms in on the car's license plate, noting that it's owned by an offshore corporation with an address in Belize, but they also have a building in Los Angeles. So um, they go to storm that building, but the, well, starts out as a gunfight, turns into a physical fight before being a gunfight again (laughs) between Owen and a bro. Like, that was insane. I was like, no. Okay, this is nuts. There was a lot of, like, gunfights and Uh just, like, shooting these two episodes. I was like, this is a lot crazy because they're each taking shot at shots at each other um but they like they can't quite figure out what floor it's coming from because this building has apparently many floors um but they do discover that it's coming from the third floor of the west wing so they go up and try to stop all this madness and when by the time they get up there abril and owen are like they have fought for the gun like throwing punches and kicking at each other um but she's got him with like i don't even know what not a chokehold that's not the word but just like hat like she has the gun pointed at him and simone tries to talk her down but um abril kind of you know had said that her mom told her on her deathbed that father juan wasn't allowed at the funeral so that made her suspicious and so abril's father was going to do the right thing but then his friend turned him in and she kind of like jostled Owen a bit and was like to this man and meaning to Owen uh so you can obviously tell how uh upset she is still about it and Simone tries to tell her she doesn't have to forgive Owen but that she could honor her dad by doing doing things by the book and I thought it was like great writing because it's like by the book and she's like I prefer the gun and so Abril shoots Owen, which then uh, Carter shoots Abril. And so it's, you know, more more bloodshed um, to kind of end the case. Well, and like a graphic way to end it, too. I was like, yeah. I don't need to see that, but okay. Yeah, yeah it was a lot. Um, and so back at the office... Uh, Garza talks to Elena again and tells her to forget about the, you know, what could have been. Because she helped make two very dangerous people, like, they're not on the street anymore. Um, I mean, even though they did wind up dead. Um, like, to hold on to that. And so, like, just any, he's kind of just saying, you know, any kind of good victory to hold on to that. And so... Mm-hmm it's a nice sentiment that they shared and they hug and that's nice and yeah so yeah but it was just crazy I was like I wasn't expecting I honestly kind this is what I thought I honestly thought Elijah and Abril's fates were going to be reversed for whatever reason really yeah I don't know because just I mean because he literally told Angela like come at me like let's go (laughs) I was like this I was like this girl's gonna like really go for it and Angela like like squared up she was like I'm not doing anything so I don't know I just I mean I just really I don't know I just kind of thought for whatever reason um I don't know we'll just I don't know well no I guess that's a lie I was gonna say we haven't really seen the feds like shoot and kill people that's that's not true we have right just not as often I guess um yeah I don't know or just I guess I thought maybe Maybe not so much their fates would be switched, but just, I don't know if they'd either both die or 
both be alive. I don't know. Yeah. I guess I just wasn't really expecting the like one or the other. Yeah. Um yeah, but that kind of kind of wraps up the storyline within like both um well within Carter's like grudge that I'll get into in a minute, it kind of I'll fill in a few other blanks with yeah. him and Lind, but I mean, for the most part, that's the majority of the case with Abril. So she had uh, quite an arc in feds. Well, the rookie and feds, but I don't know. Like I said, just wasn't expecting the ending mm-hmm. for it. But yeah, for sure. Like Garza said, they had that victory. And so just got to take the win, I guess. So for the Simone, well, Simone and Carter put them together because they're both dealing with uh, letting go of some grudges. And so for Simone, her, well, the this grudge that she's holding kind of begins to take shape in the episode uh, after she gets done playing a game of chess with her, with Cuddy. And they mentioned how they used to play all the time when Simone would visit. And this leads Cuddy to bring up like his time in prison and then they that's when the name benny reynolds is mentioned and mm-hmm. simone gets angry because benny is the crooked cop who helped put cuddy behind bars for a crime he didn't commit and cuddy tells her that benny's on his deathbed and you know but simone's like i don't care like if you want to forgive him that's fine but i will not be going down that path um and before they can kind of delve into that further she has to get to work um but later on cuddy does try to bring it up again but she still kind of pushes back like if if she want like if if cuddy wants to go and you know help absolve benny of all this you know guilt that he's feeling then that's fine but Mm -hmm. she doesn't want to be the one to forgive this man because she can't forget how much his actions like hurt because her dad was incarcerated for most of her childhood um but cuddy mentions that you know if she changes her mind he will be at saint stephen's hospital so Mm -hmm. he kind of leaves that door you know open should she choose to go down that pathway and she mentions it a couple of times in conversations with carter at work too which you know she was like this is the man who put my dad away. How, you know, she can't wrap her head around forgiving him, even though Carter mentions that the only the only one grudges hurt is the person that's holding them. Right. So I thought we got like nice Carter and Simone scenes. Like yeah, they're like pals now. I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah, like she wasn't like giving him crap this week. So I mean, not so much although at the very end though, because she was like, and you're the one that told me grudge, you know, like to not hold a grudge. Uh-huh. Right. I <laughs> do love yeah. though when they give each other crap. I'm like, yeah, please so give funny. me more of it. It's so funny. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and one of the kind of nicer scenes we had uh between them was like when she's beating herself up over the outcome of the case later on with how things ended with a bro. Um, Carter kind of asks if it's because of what's going on with her personal life meaning the Benny situation and she kind of begins to realize that some grudges you might never get over mm-hmm. like referring to a Brill 
so it's assumed that she that Simone doesn't want to end up like that so she ends up going to the hospital to visit Benny and ends up like beating Cuddy there so they go in together which I thought was yeah. nice um yeah and so that was kind of like I said like there's like side storylines for Carter right. and Simone so Carter's grudge stems from his old Quantico roommate named Steve Lind and he's now the DEA agent who he goes to for help with the Abro or the Owen part of the case later um and I just oh my god I don't know if it don't know it is James's delivery of the first line of you know what DEA stands for don't expect anything like I just it was just brilliant I was like oh my god it was so funny it was cracking me up James is one of my favorites. It was just great. It was so great. Yeah. I mean, like, he had, like, good lines like that on, like, Rebel 2, but, like, mm-hmm. he was, like, a lawyer on that yeah. show. So, it and was, on, like, it's just not the same. Yeah. And on Good Girls, he was, I mean, he was great on that show, too. And he was kind of the same. Like, he was an FBI agent on there. So oh, funny. Yeah. That's and funny. they were doing money laundering, too. So Oh, dang. Yeah. It was like a crossover or it was similar (laughs) you know yeah but yeah we didn't seem as much i feel like Mm -hmm. we did for one season and then they like switched to different fbi agents or something Mm -hmm. but yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah um and so i love how they're literally up in the like going to take off in the jet and Carter's surprised to see Lind on the jet with him. And it was, oh my God, again, just the funniest line. Like, yeah. you can you can take off now, preferably uh-huh. at 30,000 feet, and <laughs> then like literally fall off the plane. Like, he doesn't care. And like, um, how does James say that with the straightest face? Like, I would be like, I can't even get through this scene. Even on like the 50th take, I'd be like, I, I can't do it. It's just so funny. I just, yeah. Um, And so it's like it surprises him um simone like they're on the way to guatemala to track mm-hmm. down a bro and like cars is like okay we have this case to worry about like everyone just needs to play nice um but while lind is introducing himself to simone he's like hi simone let me just tell you your training agent is an idiot <laughs> and i was like oh that's not good because <laughs> like but he I- met, like no carter can't like not respond to that oh yeah when i heard that i was like i'm just waiting for carter to say something like you know when yeah. brendan was like first lover squirrel nice yeah. i was like oh let's see what carter has to say yeah yeah and he's like i'm the idiot i made it through the fbi academy and you walked out like they were you know friends and roommates there but like lynn just ghosted carter essentially and I almost wonder if like it was purposefully done just to serve the scene of like Carter and Lynn having be having to be the ones to wait together. Oh, it definitely Simone was. And, yeah. Um Matt went to go talk. Um or went to go raid the home. Anyway. Um and so they um they're talking briefly and Lind mentions how he didn't want to go along to get along with the racist, homophobic jerks at Quantico who tried to sabotage their trainings. But Carter didn't really see it that way because he just sort of kept his head down and did what he needed to do to get out and get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so, like I said, although they didn't get along for most of the episode, he Carter does end up calling Steve uh, for help to gain intel on what Owen's next move could be. So he's the one that mentions Owen's not on the run. He'll confront a bro, which allows the feds to get over to them. And so that was like a nice, like, not camaraderie moment, but just that, you know, they kind of have a stepping stone in the right direction because they, you know, yeah. could work together well now. Uh, and so at the end of the episode, uh, Carter talks to Lynn and acknowledges that while he may have gone along to get along, he blended in so much that he's gotten passed over for promotions. Mm-hmm. But um, Lynn reassured him that, you know, he has a good thing going here with, you know, his team's inclusive. They all work well together. People like him. They respect him. You know, like, so I don't know. I just thought that was nice because, you know, I mean, they they kind of are cementing this reestablishment of their friendship in a way. Right. And they kind of solidify that further when, you know, they decide to go grab a drink. Obviously, Carter's buying, but I just thought that was nice. I was like, okay, yeah. like, cool. Because I don't know, like, we've seen Carter's, like, romantic relationships, but not, like, mm-hmm. any platonic right. relationships. Yeah, well, it would be nice to see Linda again, like, come back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Maybe we'll get that next episode with, like, Garza. You know, like, someone oh, who maybe. he's, you know, kind of went head-to-head oh, with sometimes. Yeah. yeah, or just, like, another, like, a like yeah, co-worker or, like, from yeah. his time. I mean, because we yeah, even kind of saw that with Laura, with Mark, but, like, obviously they <laughs> turned into something else. But it yeah, would they be, turned into, yeah, something. Yeah, like, the dynamic. It's interesting to see, like, different dynamics and how they mm-hmm. kind of change, too, so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, speaking of our favorite profilers that do get we out We finally have a ship seconds. name for them. Yeah which and it's the best one like i don't know how we didn't think of it so good i know so um bravo to it was robert Uh that came up with it right yeah Yeah, he like um tweeted it or something yeah yeah he was like something about like you know what's statless up to this week or something and i'm like statless how did we not think of that it's so good yeah still don't know what brendan and mark's like bromance name can be but yeah Emily just said Emily just says like Atlas and Acres and I'm like okay I'm down with that like it's fine yeah but yeah anyway so yes <laughs> so we first see Mark I'm just so excited to talk about them okay they were like my <laughs> favorite part of the episode I mean aside so from like good. cracking up every time like their games, first scene so, I was like but, so this is where it's going yeah okay. I was like dang okay yeah um so we first see mark show up to laura's apartment which that's a nice place she has like to I me it looked it more a like a ho- to me it looked more like a hotel room um, i was like yeah but she yeah, looked okay. great i mean yeah 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 because she's all dressed up or like dressed down really because she she like pulls him in and she's like we're gonna spend the whole day in bed any comments questions concerns and then like he like he doesn't really say anything and so like they end up you know they're making out and like she feels him hesitate and she finally gets him to be like oh right yeah he wanted more than just the physical connection they have but again before they can really dive further into that subject 
Laura was called into work. So that mm-hmm. was the that was their uh mood killer for that. And I don't even I don't even know what to call Brendan because like he's like a wing man kind of for like both sides. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's so funny to me. Because he's, I mean, he's hilariously eager um, in asking her, like, how her date with Atlas went when she comes into the um, briefing at the beginning of the episode. And she's like, he's so good. And he's like, okay, <laughs> like, thank yeah. you for that. Um, and again, Brendan being hilariously eager and asking Garza if Atlas can come and play. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, AKA ride along to interview elijah with um him and laura and garza okayed it and i just love i just love them like because brendan like they're in the briefing room or mm-hmm. whatever and he's like i know it's not how you wanted to spend your day with laura but at least you get to hang out again and it's like they like mark and laura get to hang out again yes but also like brendan gets to hang out with mark like he yeah. misses his friend and i was like it was just it was so funny and it i just was. love how the bromance is canon because laura kind of tells him enough with that like we need to focus on work mm-hmm. and while they're researching eliza's crew um it turns into a moment of statless simply projecting their own relationship issues onto these crew members personalities yeah. like regardless of the accuracy yeah <laughs> And then, of course, you know, poor Brendan's caught in the middle, <laughs> like, which is the theme throughout the whole entire episode, really. Yeah. And just, I finally got a screen grab of um, Kevin doing the thumbs up. So I'm going to post that later at some point because he's such a meme and I can't like, oh, my God. I literally love thing. that man. This literally love thing him. I've ever seen. <laughs> so good. Because he's like, are we still talking about the case? And they're like, yeah of course and they're not even looking at him that's the thing <laughs> it's like mark and laura literally aren't looking at him yeah <laughs> like yes but let me continue to stare down this other person and brendan's like okay cool um and the funniest car ride scene happens between them when mark asks brendan how he and antoinette are doing if they're exclusive like boyfriend girlfriend and brendan hadn't considered it but maybe he should consider it and make it official Mm-hmm. and then you know you got laura who's driving which i adore that like yes queen um but she's like maybe antoinette doesn't like labels and then so again laura and mark are essentially having this conversation brendan may as well have not even been there even though right using him as kind of a like i don't even know what to call it not a pawn like a i don't know I, I can't think of the word now. It's going to bug me. He's just like a an, an example, mm-hmm. of like a hypothetical. Yeah. Kind of. Um, He's like the use case. Yeah. They're, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because Mark's like, labels are great because you can define the relationship with them. And Laura's like, maybe if Brendan paid attention, he'd know where he stood with Antoinette. And I was like, oh, dang, girl, what? Like, like okay. You know something we don't. They were projecting was, so much. Yeah. And I was like, I love it. But yeah, also projection. That's the yeah. word. Oh my god. <laughs> I swear I'm awake. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So 
Um, Brendan's literally in the back seat listening to this and smiling and like Jennifer said, like stating that it's their first lover's quarrel. And then, but then he goes into, you know, Brendan being Brendan and is like, I did a great lifetime movie called My Couch or Yours. It's a terrible movie though, but it had great advice. Would you like to hear it? And Laura's like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, can everyone stop talking now? And she means everyone. So yeah, literally, I'm sure it was silent the rest of the car ride there. I just oh it cracks me up. I just also wonder how they like film. I mean, obviously I'm assuming the camera's outside of the car, but just like to get three people in a shot like that. Yeah. Just like probably was interesting. Um and so later on after fighting all day, um, they're back at the hotel and uh Laura assumes they'd pick up where they left off this morning, uh, but Mark's not feeling it. And he even goes to grab his things, saying that him staying there isn't going to change the fact that they want different things. And poor Laura was like, don't like, don't profile this. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously you can see that she's surprised and sad that he's leaving. So they kind of it's like an abrupt uh, cut of that scene and then a little bit later cut to Brenson in the elevator and Laura standing at the front and Brendan's sort of like a couple steps behind her but like off to the side yeah uh and Laura's like are you going to say something or are you just going to keep looking at me weird and Brendan's like keep looking at you weird (laughs) (laughs) it was just like they're just I don't know it was like such a not random line but just unexpected like I wasn't expecting them like looking at you weird (laughs) I just love how he was like he was sunshiny in the beginning and then at Torbert's end he was like okay I have to like calm it down here yeah because I can't be like too happy yeah (laughs) yeah um and he knows it's none of his business but uh mark you know stayed at his house last night and he's obviously hurting and brendan thought that brendan thought that laura said he wanted to be with him or yeah he wanted to be with him and um she's like oh yeah no you're right and then it like pauses as the elevator door opens Mm -hmm. and he's like it's none of your business <laughs> so <laughs> it was kind of I was like oh she actually is admitting that he's right about something like whoa right. what is this and I was like oh no okay I mean he tried because he did make good points like yeah. Mark is you know upset and Brendan did think that Laura said she wanted to be with him right so it's like why you know He's probably thinking, well, why was I to assume any different? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I don't even know if this was like because Garza was coming out to like brief the team, and that's why Laura like looked back, like as she was walking out. I don't know if you noticed it, but like she would like look back a couple times as she got yeah. out of the elevator. But I didn't know if, like I said, if that was like to look back at Garza or if like she was trying to see if Brendan was still like following her but then you don't even see Brendan right like his walk from the elevator to his desk mm-hmm. it just cuts over on the opposite side yeah she was probably <laughs> looking for Garza yeah um 
But then you also like saw Brendan nod rather glumly when Laura states that Mark's probably not coming in today to right. you know, like uh prove his theory. And uh, of course, Brendan does the chair sliding thing a lot. Well, not a lot. I guess it's only twice, but still, like yeah, he <laughs> slides over to Laura's desk uh, later on in the episode and tells her the plot of his the Lifetime movie and how his character Larry was in love with Larissa and you know he realized that their relationship was too important to mess up. Um, but all Laura took away from it was that his movie had characters named Larissa and Larry like has he ever done anything good <laughs> and I was like oh that yeah um yeah and I just thought it was so funny though because he was like the like the camera like they did like the not bird's eye view but like a wide shot or whatever and you yeah. see, like he's like tapping his pen or whatever and then he's like you talk to Atlas and his like eyes shift over and she's like stay in your lane you're swerving like <laughs> no um he was just trying to be a good friend by asking you know Mm -hmm. yeah uh and so he he lets the comment go about his you know career um because he knows she's hurting but for her information his imdb page is legendary (laughs) i love how he was like i just have to say this it's legendary like yeah of course and so i don't know like I just like how Brendan was persistent in helping these two people he, you know, has grown to care about, like, work their shit out, essentially. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, you also have to think, like, if Laura's not happy, then he's going to have a hard time working because she's just going to take it out on him. Mm -hmm. And he just wants to make sure that Atlas is cool, too. (laughs) It's fine. There's such, oh my god, it's, it's so great. Like they're just their buddies and I just love that. It's funny because like he like makes sure that he like keeps Laura and Mark together. But yeah, yeah. Laura could like care less if it's him and Antoinette being together. <laughs> like she could she's well, like, I really I didn't don't even care. Think about it. But she does kind of I mean, like she was the one that she was does, like, yeah. like supporting it and being like, Yeah, well, oh, come on, Matt, you gotta let him, you know, like go out yeah. know, for the redo date or whatever they tried. And like, but yeah, I feel like it's just their own kind of they both have their odd ways of trying to like meddle, but not really yeah. meddle, and then yeah. fix things without really trying to fix them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> of course, Brendan really did go above and beyond because I mean the the like tiniest little scene between brendan and mark was like so great next because he notices that mark's you know come back to the bureau and he thought he had a flight to catch but um you know he he shifted it um because he wanted to stop and see laura and uh brendan has a feeling that his powers of persuasion did their job so he's confident that good things will happen for statless even though poor mark's like or she could just want to end it. And I'm like, oh. Like, no. Like, no. Yeah. Um, no, we finally got a ship name for you guys. No. Yeah. Like, no, it can't, it can't be over. Um, and so I don't really know what to call the room that they go into. It's like the giant room where everyone, like, sits. And yeah. so he, go, he goes into that room and he sees Laura standing there with a presentation on screen about long distance relationships and making them work. And, uh, 
she goes in to tell him that she's sorry and that Brendan was right. Well, not him specifically, but the no, because she can never credit him. She no, can never, never credit him. Years. Um, and so the writer was right in that she does care about Mark as a person and like wants to make their relationship. She wants to make it official because it's important to her, and she wants to make it work for the both of them so they can both be happy. And but of course there are some ground rules like seeing each other in person every couple weeks, and you know they could even meet halfway, which apparently is Oklahoma. And I'm like, what do you do in Oklahoma? How about she pointed that out? She was like, apparently it's Oklahoma. Just FYI, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like they could go a little bit further, like each way if they wanted to. I guess. Yeah, I just don't know what in the world they could do. Well, according to Laura, they could spend their entire time in Oklahoma just staying in that hotel room. I mean, that's true. So. (laughs) Fair. But see, then if they do the whole boyfriend-girlfriend thing, though, is it like, are they actually going to go on it? Oh my gosh, will we actually see them go on a date? That'd be fun. Please. Oh my god, let it be like, I don't know, somewhere in D.C. maybe? That'd be cute. Because like she'll visit him. Yeah. So. Definitely. Uh, I would so, like to kind of see her out of her element. Like, uh-huh. you know, usually in LA. She's usually in LA. So I would like to yeah. see her kind of go to DC. Maybe mm-hmm. to visit him for the weekend or something. That'd be cute. I don't know how they would play it into the show. But, like, it could I work. I don't even care. It yeah. could work. <laughs> maybe, maybe she's doing, like, a training class at Quantico. And, like, she goes, like, Friday through Monday. There you go. And See, she is Jennifer's Sunday on the show already. Yeah. <laughs> All I want is one episode. Please. I know. It'd be so good. Not even a full episode. It can just be half of an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're cute. Like, I mean, she goes into asking Mark if he'd be her boyfriend. And of course, he accepts. And I loved, again, good writing on Fed's, um, when she's like, too much? Too little? too late like she like mm-hmm. really doesn't know where she stands and he's like no no no, it's perfect um <laughs> and then the, oh my god she has 23 more powerpoint slides to get through so their whole like kissing is gonna have to wait until she's done so i just it's classic laura to have that in a way yeah not surprised really i just i appreciate the detail that went into the powerpoint uh presentation though so i don't know if it's like graphics or like you know um someone actually put that together but bravo to the team that does that because they had like all the little writing and like the you know be mine when like check the box you know yeah no whatever and i was like oh that's so cute like i know and it's very laura to do that like you said yeah. yeah And another random side note, I just thought it was funny how, like, Kevin posted that intro slide of the presentation on his Instagram story. He wasn't even in that scene. I was going to say, when did he post that? Because I was just looking on his profile. I'm like, I don't see it. Well, it was on his stories. Okay. Um, We had posted it. It was, like, from December 12th, I think. Okay. Um, Yeah. But I I just thought it was so funny. I mean, I guess it was kind of like a in that moment where like Laura started to come out and then like Brendan walked away from Mark maybe so Mm -hmm. just like slide into wherever the other like 
set is maybe on that lot for the scene I don't know but I just thought it was so funny um yeah but I hope we get more of I just I just want happy things for these couples same I mean I'm aware that apparently you know maybe Brendan and and Antoinette might not you know they might be on the rocks again in the upcoming episode but like why can't we just have everyone be happy I know just that's just for I an want. episode yeah yeah that's all Lisa. that I want oh, so but yeah I just really love feds not that I didn't like the rookie the rookie just like scared me half to death <laughs> like half, the second half of the episode I was like yeah. not breathing so then in feds I was like oh okay they have relationships okay great like give me all the you know funny stuff um yeah so I don't know did you have any other thoughts before we get into the one listener thought or I don't think so I mean it was just good the feds mm-hmm. episode I liked like the main case was fine it was mm-hmm. good but the Brents or yeah the Brunson and Atlas stuff and then yeah just this Carter and Simone stuff was like the icing on the cake so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have one listener thought Mindy had said the feds was also so good I loved I enjoyed seeing Lind back and I was happy him and Carter could reconcile I liked how Brill's story ended and Simone trying to talk her down with her similar storyline was really good I'm glad Martha and Laura were able to patch things up as well same mm-hmm. yeah I will yeah, admit I'm... like at first I didn't totally realize what the Mark and Laura stuff was about and then like after watching more of it and like seeing that it was more about the labels i was like uh mm-hmm. okay yeah makes sense because i yeah laura is definitely not one that wants and that's probably to do with her past history too you I know assume. Yeah. yeah she doesn't want to be emotionally invested in anything right. else so yeah but yeah i don't think that there's anything else it's a good well, episode they were both good Mm-hmm. so yeah so with that you guys can find us on twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or you can email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts and you guys can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at carrie hyman and i'm at jstarkate04 and we're also on TikTok. That handle is the Shop Talk Podcast underscore. And if you liked this episode and Shop Talk, leave us a rating and review. It just really helps out the podcast and helps other fans find us. So, yes. Yeah. And since we're a week late in doing this, we only have, what, one more week? Mm hmm left before the shows come back so we don't exactly know what we're doing um we'll probably do maybe like an episode from one of the actors like previous work because we haven't done one of those in a while so yeah fair but i don't know what it'll be so (laughs) yeah but we will let you guys know when we when we know (laughs) yeah and maybe between now and then we'll get the the rookie episode description i don't know because people are wondering where that is which i guess i can't really blame them because i would like to know as well and promo photos but like also that's 
That's a ways. Because yeah. we're still like two weeks out. So yeah. yeah. Well when we're recording we don't, this. Then. Yeah, we don't really get that lucky. We'll probably get them <laughs> I would guess by like middle to end of next week. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know, yeah. but until then, bye everyone. Bye guys. Ooh.